that my opponent in this election has seen fit to reduce politics to the gutter level. He has leveled charges. headquarters. This is Gabe Kluberman, and we are standing now on the platform as the candidate is about to address his happy followers, where they have uh, the orchestras playing. You can hear in the background, it's a happy occasion here tonight. The reports have just come in that our candidate has received seven votes in the 23rd district, which is at least four votes more than they expected from that district. And so now he's coming out on the platform with his lovely wife, Agatha, just had her hair done for the occasion, and the candidate is about to speak. This is Gabe Kruberman standing by, and in just a few moments you will hear the voice of the candidate himself. Peace. 
I believe in women. That's why I believe in you, Hoop. I believe in all the good things. Look at that old sink over there. All he wants to do is get elected. And here I am standing between you and all the evils of the outside world. The howling winds, the swirling seas of adversity, the dangerous reefs of total disaster, of war and devastation. Oh, my. Oh, hooray for my day platform. My marvelous workers in the wheat fields. I give all the credit to the system, but we got to change it so that I can get in. Hooray, 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 hooray for me. Oh, 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 hooray for labor. Hooray, 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 Hooray for all the other good things. And I want to tell you, beware. You'll hear a lot of clap, crap, and bad charges made. You'll hear a lot of things which are not true. No, not true. What do they mean by saying things about me? I don't want to get elected. I just wish you'll be too forward. I want to bring all the good things to pass. And into classic, peaceful, peaceful harbors Into the beautiful future I will lead you Oh, it was very nice yeah, It was very nice There was a salute to all of them out there Running around Yes, sir uh, Any requests out there for you? <laughs> Did you like that? That's not bad That's all purpose You know, it's an all purpose campaign song and, uh, yeah, of course, uh, you're you're listening to a guy who has had... He's been singed by the fire of the democratic process. You see, the trouble with the democratic process is your level would just lose so bad. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's one of the great problems with the democratic process that uh, quite often tells the truth. I mean, you stand up there, you know, and you tell them all that stuff, and then everybody hollers, boo, and that's the end of it. But... Uh, this is literally what happened to me, and I'll, I'll just, uh, I just, uh, I don't like to, you know, scratch away at old wounds. I mean, you know, pick at old scabs. No, I, I don't wish to do that. Are there any old scabs out here listening? Any old strike breakers tonight, huh? Get away, you think. We don't need your vote, boy, I'll tell you. But on the other hand, if you have, re, you know, recanted, uh, we certainly would like to have you in the fold here. However, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether any of you have ever actually run for anything. Have you ever run for anything in there, Herb? You have? Well, you have a look uh, in the eye of a man who won when he ran. Or did you run hard? And you lost. That's why you're sitting behind the board tonight, eh? And you spend all of your time fooling around with uh, ham radio magazines and allied catalogs and stuff like that. A guy has to find something to do ultimately, you know. But... uh Nevertheless, uh, I, I, you're, you're listening to a man now where every time he, he sees a candidate mount the platform, uh, there's a little sweat begins to break out on the, right on the, you know, just at the tip of my nose. You know, I, I remember a horrible, fantastically bad scene that, uh, that uh, sometimes at three in the morning, you know, just, uh, just the flashes before me like those terrible scenes that, uh, that you see, you know, you, you know the old thing about when a guy is going down for the third time, you know, he's drowning, and all the fantastic moments of his life flash before him. You know that one? 
Well, since most people don't re really live any life anymore, I imagine the great scenes of all the movies they've seen. You know, the great fantastic scenes of the movies are going to flash before them. <laughs> you know, great moment with Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> but uh, that's, you know, neither here nor there. It's a, I don't wish to digress because maybe I don't want to face the issue, as we candidates often say. I mean, it's, 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 it's your favorite candidate who faces the issue. And it's the other Fink who makes unfounded charges. And uh, this, uh, this is, a, this is a, a, let's say, a golden rule of politics. But I remember the terrible experience I had the time that I, I ran for office. I actually ran for public office, and I was judged by my peers. And that's a, believe me, that's a searing experience. You know, there's a look in the eye of a man who expects when his peers judge him that the peers will immediately hoist him to the top of the flagpole. Now, that's uh, one kind of guy. There's the other kind of guy who is damn certain that when he's judged by his peers, they're going to do what he's always deserved. And uh, this can be very scary. <laughs> you know, the secret feeling. And I, I came... It, it happened in school. See, you, uh, I suspect that candidates are born very early in life. I mean, successful ones. Failures are born very early in life, too. I say that failures are not born, they're made. And I say successes are not born, they're made. By the little arrows and slings of unconscionable fate that come whistling out of the darkness at him when he's not equipped to handle them. I came into school one morning. I was a junior, see. And it was just this time of the year. It was June. Yeah, it was about two weeks before the end of school, you know. I walk in there. I sit down at his homeroom, and uh, Miss Knight is there in the front of the class. And we never had much palaver in homeroom. Just once in a while, you know, it'd be announcements and stuff like that. We sit there for about twenty minutes and pick at old scabs and blow our nose and, and you know that kind of stuff. And uh, I come cooling in there, you know. It's it's June. Oh man, I can taste the spring out there, and I I could feel the itch in my hand, you know, of the of the ball hitting the glove. It, uh, you know, you know what I mean. It just—you uh, could hear the sound of a ping pong ball somewhere off down in the gym someplace, and I could hear the sound of a tennis ball coming drifting in through the Venetian blinds. It's spring, and the sap was rising. And uh, oh, I'll tell you, it was. There was a chick in my home room. I'll never forget her. She sat way up in the front with the A's, and uh, untouchable, of course, totally, and uh, remote, cool. But she was. She was chiseled out of molten alabaster. And I'm looking at her in this shaft of sun that is coming down on this day, this historic day. And I'm not even listening to the announcements, which never had anything to do with me. They were always talking about the biology club was having a meeting at 3.30, which, of course, I never was involved in. <laughs> and there's stuff like the, the safety club. Can you imagine a kid that would join the safety club? Now, that's a kid who's, all, by, by the age of 15, already owns a $20,000 endowment term policy life insurance thing through the metropolitan people, you know. And the, he's the kid that when he's asked for Christmas what he wants, he says, I would like a $50 savings bond, please. That's a separate type of kid. And I was not part of that. I'm, I'm a grasshopper in the, great, in the great entomological game of life. If you're an ant, others are butterflies, others are, are uh, gall worms. I'm sure that we have two of them here. We have one, one that heads one of the departments here. A born solid gall worm. Uh, we have corn borers. We're, we're all part and parcel of the animal world in our own way. The insect world particularly. I don't relate to, to lions and tigers. 
I relate a little bit to guinea pigs, I'll concede. Uh, by the way, uh, somebody called up here earlier tonight and said, what's the name of your guinea pig? I repeat, the name of my guinea pig is Conway Tweety, named after a famous uh, uh, sort of moderately uh, respectable hillbilly singer. Uh, it's because this uh, guinea pig resembles him, the front of the face more, you know, the way the nose comes down. And uh, I say that the guinea pig is going to become a successful animal. The day they quit, you know, the day you kids stop calling your guinea pigs Fatty and uh, Schwartz and names like that, you know, you've got to, believe me, where would where would dogs go? You don't think over here at the Westchester Show, where they have at the garden here, that any dog named Fido or Spot is going to win, do you? No, it's always Baron Offenhausen von Klingenmeister of Sunnybrook Farms, the third. He wins. So the first time you start naming your guinea pigs with the proper resounding name, you know, Manfred von Richthofen, 12, of Braunschweiger, under Obertems, then you have a guinea pig that's on his way. Ain't nobody going to stick their finger and say, oh, he's fat, look at he bite my finger. No, no, Manfred von Winkelschnauber from Braunschweiger, Germany, does not bite your finger. He attacks you because you are encroaching upon his castle keep. Uh, speaking of guinea pigs, this is W-O-R. Of course, we ain't the guinea pig. You are the guinea pig. <laughs> oh, now we want any experiments on you. But uh, we have all kinds of election returns coming. And uh, for those of you who uh, love to hear these great speeches and returns and all that stuff and all those exciting numbers, I'm sure that uh, you're going to be interested in this. Lester Smith's got it all. He's going to be ready in about 20 seconds. So uh, stand by, all you guys in the smoke-filled room. All of your people that are shifting around out there from one foot to the other, waiting to see whether uh, you know one or the other is going to get the nod. Uh, this is not really an election. This is a primary, which is kind of a primary, primary, pre-election. But here we go. We'll be back in about five. And we do begin our WOR primary election headquarters coverage here on WOR 710. And if any one thing can be said to mark today's New York statewide primary... It is a succession of charges from all kinds of sources of total snafus in a number of areas of the city in connection with the opening of polling places, uh, the failure of the polling booths to function properly. As a matter of fact, uh, within a half an hour after the polls opened, the New York State McGovern campaign uh, condemned what it called the outrageous delays in the opening of polls and their proper functioning in at least two districts. Uh, several places reported, uh, for example, at 3.30, half an hour after the polls were to have opened, that they weren't opening yet. Queens uh, Councilman Matthew Troy, who was the Queens County Democratic Chairman and also a McGovern campaign aide, was incensed. At 4 o'clock over in Queens, he said 27 of the 38 districts in his area were not open yet. And he said at 5 o'clock, two hours after the polls were to have opened, he said there were still five districts that weren't functioning. He said that it was one of the worst snafus that he'd ever seen. Bronx Borough President Robert Abrams also said that, that he couldn't recall as many errors uh, of omission and commission in connection with a primary or an election as were obviously occurring today. And incidentally, this reporter was part and parcel of one of those snafus in his own uh, polling district here in New York City today, so I know whereof these gentlemen are speaking. Polls closed in the city at 10 o'clock. They closed elsewhere in the state at 9, except for one congressional district in Buffalo, where a state Supreme Court justice ordered the polls to remain open for an extra two hours 
because of a snafu relating to 207 voting machines in the 37th Congressional District in Buffalo. Now, we do have the first returns in. They are, of course, spotty. They do not relate to the selection of uh, delegates to the Democratic Convention, but here's what we have. In the first returns, in the 14th Congressional District in Queens, with 10 election districts out of 167, Congressman Rooney, who is looking for his 13th term in the House of Representatives, has a very wide margin over his chief challenger, former Congressman Allard Lowenstein. Rooney, 968 votes. Lowenstein, 479 votes. And the third party running in that race, Gross, has 198. That's Irving Gross with 188 votes. In the 16th Congressional District in Kings County, where uh, Congressman Emanuel Seller has held that seat since 1922, with three of the 265 districts, uh, he is trailing one of his two challengers. That's in the 16th Congressional District in Brooklyn. Uh, Congressman Seller is being led at this moment by Elizabeth Holtzman, who has 111 votes, Seller 79, and a third challenger, R.E. O'Donnell, has 59 votes. In the 19th Congressional District here in Manhattan, with seven of the 235 electric di uh, electoral districts, the incumbent, Congressman Charles Rangel, has 366 votes. His challenger, Livingston Wingate, 224. In Kings County, in the 13th Congressional District, in what has been one of the most bitterly fought races thus far, uh, the incumbent, Congressman Bertram Podell, has 332 votes. Leonard Simon, his challenger, has 99 votes. In another district, in the 21st con Congressional District, the seat held by Congressman Herman Badillo, uh, with just a handful of Congressional Districts reporting, Badillo has an almost three-to-one margin over his challenger. Badillo, 1910, and uh, his challenger, uh, a State Assemblyman, Manuel Ramos, has only 617 votes. We do have the first returns in the State Court of Appeals race. There are four candidates, three to be elected. And uh, heading that list at the moment is uh, Justice Meyer, Justice Bernard Meyer with 363 votes. Running second is the only woman among the four candidates, uh, Justice Nanette Dembitz with 339 votes. There has never been a woman to serve on the State Court of Appeals. Uh, running third is uh, Justice Martuscello, who has 261 votes. That's Henry Martuscello. And running fourth in the field is Justice Lawrence Cook, who has 199 votes. Those are a scattering of reports that we have right now. And at this moment, let's go to McGovern headquarters and John Wingate. In the West Ballroom of the Biltmore Hotel, let's don't use any cliches. It would be pure corn. It's not a matter of elation or jubilation. They are simply awaiting the expected. Their man is going to win the presidential primary. They have little doubt about that. No one else has any doubt. They're waiting for him to come down, accept it, and move on. The big story is the Secret Service tight guards. They are all over the place. Most of them are pretty clean-shaven. They're today's Ivy League, which is a far cry from 1950, for example. They ring the balcony above him. They wear the Secret Service identification. They have a sense of humor. I said to one of them, it's not you guys to worry about, but those out on the floor who can't be tabbed as Secret Service men. He said, you're right. That's the story. They are awaiting the expected. Now, despite the tight Secret Service guard, we can't get within XX feet of him. Three people with no identification whatever walked in. How do I know? One was from the station. Two were friends. They came in to see me. One had a shopping bag. 
That's the story at McGovern headquarters, the awaiting of the expected. Now back to Lester Smith at WOR headquarters. Thank you, John. We have uh, one congressional district and the one election district in the 20th congressional district, which, of course, is that uh, very confused and somewhat ridiculous redistricted district which runs from 4th Street and Lower Manhattan all the way up into the far reaches of Riverdale uh, in the Bronx, where uh, incumbent Congressman William Ryan and incumbent Congresswoman Bella Abzug are battling. Ryan has won Mrs. Abzug's own election district, 103 to 66. We have the first returns on that new redistricted 22nd congressional district in the Bronx. 20 election districts out of 308. Congressman James Scheuer with 735 votes. Congressman Jonathan Bingham with 616 votes. We also have an update on that 16th congressional district in uh, Kings County, uh, where uh, Congressman Emanuel Seller has uh, held forth for the past 50 years. He still trails with 25 of 265 election districts. He is trailing Elizabeth Holtzman, who has 856 votes, Seller 798, and R.E. O'Donnell with 566. Now let's go to John Scott at Ryan headquarters. It would appear, Lester, that uh, at least according to the people here, the constituents of William Ryan, that he's off to a smashing victory. Uh, the results from 50 election districts show that uh, Congressman Ryan has 5,551 votes. His opponent, Bella Abzug, has 2,915, and not quite a two-to-one lead. There was a great deal of conjecture, of course, as to whether or not Bill uh, Fitzryan, who's served in Congress since 1960, would be able to win in this, uh, what can we call it, a gerrymandered district up here in the 20th? In any event, Bella Abzug made her challenge here, and as things look now, she did not make too wise a choice. I'd like to repeat that latest figure. 50 election districts, Ryan 5,551, Bella Abzug 2,915. John Scott from Bill Ryan's district, the 20th district, reporting now back to WOR and Lester Smith. And we'll give you one update on that 20th election district with 32 of the 260 electoral districts, Ryan 2945, Abzug 1438, with 36 of 167 in the Kings County in the 14th congressional district. Rooney 3,030, Lowenstein 2,190. We'll have continuing coverage. We'll join you again on the 11 o'clock news and throughout the night until all these races are determined, as well as what the delegate count is. Bear in mind that once the polls close, uh, Senator McGovern already had 41 of New York's 278 convention delegates because they were running unopposed. Lester Smith from WR's primary election headquarters. Back once again to Gene Shepard. Thank you, Les. Oh, shucks. None of the voting machines even work. <laughs> oh, isn't that, that's bad. You know, that's so so uh, so typical of what's happening in New York in many ways, you know? We go, we go off galloping. Everybody's cheering. The flags are flying. And, and uh, Gabe Pressman, Lester, everybody in the world is there, you know, and then all of a sudden the phones start ringing, and it turns out that none of the machines worked, and none of the polls were open, and people lined up and yelled and hollered, and... Half of the ballots didn't arrive, and when they did, it, it had the Macy ads on the back, and uh, you know the whole thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I, I'm not surprised. I, I was walking. Um, I was. That's one of the great things about the democratic process, because uh, I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with it, but one of the great things about it is that it, it, it is a human process. 
In other words, everybody clubs around, they yell and holler and drop all the pens and the machines blow fuses and everything else. That the smoothest election in the world is, a, is an election that's being held in a totalitarian country. It works like clockwork. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the machines always work. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, no problems with, uh, with arguments outside of the polling place. No problems that way either. Well, uh, nevertheless, though, you know, I, I uh, hearing this, I, I must say that uh, that elections uh, I find exceedingly exciting, and uh, I, uh, I I look forward to presidential elections, particularly. Don't you, Herb? Really, I think they're the most, probably the most spectacular. Uh, uh, I suppose you can call it a folk right in one sense. <laughs> it really is, you know. Uh, they're one of the most spectacular uh, human events that almost any of us are involved in during our lifetime, one way or another. I mean, most of us, of course, are participants. Very few people ever run for president. Uh, although you're listening to one who did. And it was a searing experience. And I can only tell you this, as an ex-candidate, uh, I, I know that uh, that there are many things which cannot be said before the uh, before the electorate. Uh, in my case, now I'll just tell you, Mike. You you wonder, well, are you, what do you mean, run for president? Well, a president is a president, and a president of anything is a president. That's an you know that's an impressive title, president. And uh, I came into class this day. I was in my junior class. This is a year that I found out about about uh, about the whole electoral process. And uh, I suspect that one of the things that people hate about democracy is that guys they don't like keep getting elected. <laughs> and that, this really is basically what a lot of people find wrong with a system such as we have. And, of course, ultimately that's what the system really is about. And uh, so, in in a sense, uh, it's just like, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like, it's like even in athletics, that if the umpire makes a call that's a questionable call, but it's in your favor, nobody jumps up and hollers, kill that umpire, that bomb. Did you see what he did to those poor other guys? I've never heard that in a ball game. On the other hand, if the umpire makes a decision that goes against you, immediately somebody in the post uh, writes an editorial that what they ought to do is put in electronic umpires so that uh, <laughs> these mistakes cannot happen again. Well, actually, the the uh, this is this is the uh, have you noticed that a lot of the guys that were not four primaries are now for them because they're winning primaries. In fact, I can remember earlier, a long time ago, like, say, a year ago, uh, McGovern, for example, was against the whole primary system. He shouldn't have primaries anymore. Well, that's because he figured at that time probably he wasn't going to win many of them. Well, then suddenly he took off, and now you don't hear that anymore. See, systems... <laughs> Any kind of a system, in, in whether you're working in a... And I'm not saying I'm pro or anti the government. I'm just saying these are the kind of things that happen. You change, your, you change your mind on the way to the bank if you've hit the jackpot uh, about gambling. If you lose your shirt, gambling becomes an evil. And uh, this is, you know, it's human. It's, a, it's as human as any conceivable thing could be. In short, if you're winning, the game is a beautiful game. If you're losing, well... Uh, the game is, uh, you know, it's a passe game. Who cares about that game? It should be changed. We ought to take up uh, badminton and so forth. 
Now, I, I, uh, I'll never forget my feeling about this. See, I, I was, you know, I, I walk into junior class this beautiful spring morning, and, uh, you know, it was one of those one of those magnificent days, you know, when the, when the birds are singing. Uh, theoretically, the birds are singing. Now, birds don't necessarily sing when they're making a peeping noise, you know. What they're really doing is telling all the other birds to go to hell, basically. That's, that's really what birds are doing. And so while we're on the subject, uh, would you please hit the money button? Well, this is what the score is about, friends. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, how about a little commercial uh, for Portugal? And uh, if you're a youth type, uh, you'll want to know, I'm sure, that the TAP, the International Portuguese Airline, the Intercontinental Airline of Portugal, TAP, has introduced a special youth fair. And if you want to split, friends, here's your chance, and you can do it for only 210 bucks, and you still have a trip to, to, the, to the home base, you know, in your back pocket. $210 round-trip economy airfare to Portugal, subject to government approval, and the ticket is good for one solid year. You can sit in your behind on the beach at the cost of the soul for 364 days, and then you can run out and cash your ticket in and fly home. You know, tap the old man for some more, though. Anyone under 26 and over 12 is eligible. In Portugal, you'll meet the European kids in the wine country, probably under some of the casks. In the ancient castles, in the museums, and of course, you know that a lot of them spend their time in the museums, walking around looking at armor and stuff like that. So I would suggest you make the Portuguese scene this year. Call your travel agent or TAP at 421-8500 for complete information about TAP's $210 youth fare to Portugal. Go where the European kids go. Portugal. You've got to admit I have a lot of saber fare. Have you noticed that? It's my uh, intercontinental, you know, it's the way we are after we have traveled so much around the world. It's uh, it's it's that Joey DeVeaver that, that that you get after a while around these places, you know? When you eat a little, you know, you eat a little of Portuguese cuisine, and uh, you do things like that, and uh, you do, you know. Uh, Costa de Sal. No, it's, it's, is it Sal? Sal. I'm not talking about Sal Berkowitz. That's somebody else. And you can tell him to go back into his hole as far as I'm concerned. But uh, nevertheless, you know, you get this way. If you travel around, you see things, you know things. And uh, nothing, nothing really ultimately totally impresses you any longer. I, I can see the day when I arrive in hell. And I ask... Uh, you know, I arrived down there, and I've come down to shoot, see? After all, I've traveled all over the world, and I might as well make this scene, too. And so I'm here on this special uh, round-trip economy group fair, and I arrive, and I'm sitting there in second class on the river sticks, and we are proceeding across the river. And I say, this is a very interesting climate you have here. This is everything I've heard. How is it during the season? This was a rainy season, of course. It's much different, uh, much rain, and uh, the temperature is a little higher. But uh, outside of that, you will find one of the good things about the, the season is that very few tourists come here. They are more or less personal friends and permanent party, we shall say. And uh, as I travel through, I, I ask that's the inevitable questions. No, no, no. This, this, this crying, this, this weeping in the wings will not help. It's not going to do you no good. The people have spoken. We have on this stage... Thank you. He's done. 
You see how I cut him off? That's power. No, no, I did that purposely. Don't don't look confused. The trouble with you is your mind does not travel with the great uh, images and the impressions that come sweeping in off of the ancient glaciers of of Sharon's home. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I... I uh, uh, do we, you say we have another commercial? We've done TAP. Wait a minute. Uh, let's see. We have a general... Yes, how about that one with the bugles, please? No, thank you. No, all right. That's good. That's good. And now entering... Entering the list. His visor down. Yes, sir. Right now, friends, General Tire is having a pre-Fourth of July sale on the famous General Jet White Wall Tire. During this great sale, you can buy a complete set of four tires for only $59.80. And that's the popular size, 65013. It's one of the most popular ones. Way up there on the top ten, you know. Plus 175 federal excise tax per tire. It's the famous dual tread design. So you watch for that big red G, General Tire. And you can see Big Joe Callahan at Nassau Suffolk General Tire Service, 154 Front Street, Hempstead, New York. Very nice. That's Big Joe Callahan. Big Joe. And he used to fight as a middleweight. Well, that's why that beak. But uh, after all, you know, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I, we have one more. Look, let's save that to last. What do you say, huh? As a, as a soup son. That's one of the things I picked up, you know, in, in my travels. It's, uh, they used to say this is the Redbird Diner on Front Street in Tom's River. Soup, son. And, uh, of course, it was mulligatawny, which is a Jersey soup. And, of course, when you travel around like I do, you travel, you see so many things, you know. I have had, listen, I've had clams in the Howard Johnson in Houston, Texas. I know what food is like. I have tasted, I've, I've dipped into the wells, the Imperium Springs. That's Imperium Springs. I, uh, it's another phrase I picked up when I was in Greek. Greece, excuse me. Uh, there's a little town outside of, uh, outside of Athens. Uh, oh, what was the name? Uh, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, there's a little town. Uh, everybody there is named Opolis something. Uh, you, you probably know if you've been in Greek. You know that town. And, uh, yes, and all the ladies wear the black things over the head. Yes, you've been there, yes. How wonderful seafood, yes, uh, clams, rubber clams. And they, they use them over and over again. The tourists come in, and uh, it's as if a wonderful little native dish. They make some other gutta percha. And most, you know, natives from Indiana who are visiting think that means percha, like you catch in the Calumet River. But gutta percha is another kind of percha. That doesn't mean gutsy perch. And I'm sorry... That's, of course, uh, you you also find occasionally you get the turkey leg made of a papier mache. A papier mache. <laughs> papier mache. Indeed. I like it especially with an oil and vinegar thing on it. A little touch of garlic. Just a little touch. Well, I say, what the hell? You know, you only live once. Take it all with you, you know? It's just like the beer commercial says. You know, speaking of commercials... Kid writes me and says, Shepard, what's your favorite commercial these days? Outside, of course, those magnificent Rheingold commercials you were doing. Well, I had to take him by the horns, you know. And I said, well, it ain't the one you think. It's not the one about, and I, I hate the whole thing. That's not my favorite commercial. Nah. That's the favorite commercial of the masses. And I ain't one of the masses. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, no, no, not at all. I'm, 
Uh, my favorite commercial, I'll give you a, a brass figgy with a bronze oak leaf palm if you can recognize what this is. My favorite commercial uh, currently stars the inimitable Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell, who has made Bombast a coming uh, Olympic uh, competitive event. There's the freestyle and the classical Bombast, of course. And then there's what they call the heel-and-toe bombast, which is most practiced in the European countries of the East German bloc. Heel-and-toe bombast. Have you ever seen the heel-and-toe free-springing jump? That's a good one. Have you ever seen that when you hop up in the air, you know? First you go back in your heels, and then you go up in your toe, and then you count three, and you hop up in your air, and then they measure it, see? It's not a popular sport, I'll agree. But America never has appreciated the more subtle sports. How about the downwind? Uh, how about the downwind rifle slalom shot? Have you seen that one? That's when these Swedes go sailing down here with shotguns. They shoot them at the trees as they go by. Have you seen that one? Of course, I'm not inventing it. Just because they do not do that in the in the cutesy pie places like Sugarloaf, they are doing it in fun places like Finland. And you go whistling down the hill, see with your shotgun going, full blast. And uh, the number of spectators, you get, you lose seven points per spectator you hit. You're not supposed to hit a spectator. Uh, of course, it's difficult to go over the course without hitting a few. And uh, that's what makes the game what it is. And, uh, of course, I don't want to, I don't want to push it too hard. Uh, would you give me a little more, please? No, that, that soft, the quiet uh, entree into life there, please. Yes. Please. All is order tonight. All is serene. Yes. The quiet, window panes of your mind glance at the eternal oh please was that the, was that vitalis yes well that's true that's the product but uh, that isn't the question i was about to ask the question i was about to ask please reset that if you will in there you don't mind if i call you boy do you herb you do you got something on the contract about that am i allowed to call you what can i call you hey you Is that all right all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. While we regroup our forces here, we've had a, a temporary setback. Our line to Gabe Pressman has just broken, and uh, there's a confusion here in a moment. While we're regrouping our forces, how about a commercial for Newsday? It's one of our louder ones. Thirty-two years. Newsday, the Long Island newspaper, has become one of the great success stories in publishing history. Recently, we started a Sunday edition, and what Newsday has done so well six days a week. We're now doing just as well on Sunday. For example, our coverage of television. I'm Lou Schwartz, managing editor of Newsday, and I can tell you one secret about developing a Sunday paper. You give readers something the other papers don't give them. In the Sunday Newsday, for instance, there's a TV book that has no competition because the other papers don't have one. It's a handy color magazine, more like a TV guide than a newspaper TV section, and you keep it on top of your TV all week. We think it would be great, even if there were competition, but we're prejudiced. Anyway, if you want a Sunday paper with a TV listings magazine, there's only one place to get it, in Sunday Newsday. Newsday, Long Island's own Sunday newspaper. No service charge for home delivery. Thank you. That was tonight's salute to Wally Ballou. And, uh, by the way, I'll award you a brass picnic if you can tell me who Wally Ballou is. Wally Ballou. Well, uh, since uh, we are now getting into theological uh, discussions, when you discuss commercials in, in our time, you're, you're talking about a religion, really, basically. And uh, you are. You certainly are. 
And uh, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a believer just like anyone else. I, I, uh, I'm right here with you. And uh, one of my favorite commercials is, is Howard Cosell. And he's standing there in front of a fantastic sporting event. And what is the sporting event that Howard Cosell is reporting on in that commercial? If you want to see a funny commercial, look for that one. What is the sporting event that he's reporting on? <laughs> well, you're, you're exempt. Come on, because I, always, I point it out to you and then you see it. So, uh, no, you, you, uh, people who work for the management do not get, uh, do not get the fig leggies of any type. I will say this, though, however, uh, on, on, the, on the way to the uh, firehouse, that uh, I, uh, I'm always amused. To me, uh, some of the funniest stuff that ever happens in, in, the, in the human comedy happens during elections. I like the look of hurt innocence on the, part of a, on the part of a candidate who has just totally destroyed the character of the guy that's running against him and then turns to the audience and to the TV camera and says, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a man tonight who is truly saddened that my old friend, uh, Senator Bullard, a man whom I've known for years, has brought this campaign down to a, to a, to a campaign of vilification and smear. Uh, Senator Bullard knows very well that the things he is saying about me have no basis in truth. And, of course, the reason Senator Bullard is doing this, we all know this. Someone ought to remind Senator Bullard that uh, getting elected is not everything. And uh, I do believe that, uh, that the, the vilification which has been heaped upon me will, of course, be, uh, be ignored by the, the electorate at large who will immediately see through this, this, uh, this heinous campaign which has been waged. And uh, I love that. To me, to me this, this, this makes uh, W.C. Fields look absolutely uh, valid. <laughs> J. Cheever Lupo. Uh, and I, I suppose... Uh, it, it's as it's as classical, you know. It's the classical quality to it. Uh, it's it's a year after year. It's the classic. It's the beautiful, limpid, uh, almost uh, almost Grecian simplicity of charge and counter charge, of uh, hurt and counter hurt, of uh, believing in truth and beauty and standing like a bulwark against the howling evils of the outside screaming world of disaster that each candidate presents to us. And so tonight I stand before you, a man who does not wish to be elected. No, I merely wish to lead this great country of ours into the placid, into the, the limpid seas of peace and tranquility and carry our country to future greatness, which of course we all know all those other guys have been preventing from coming on for many, many years. But now as we approach the election and as the vilification rises, and I... you can see why I don't have many friends. There's always the guinea pig club. And, uh, oh, yes, we sit around and compare guinea pigs. By the way, for those of you who have been wondering how to uh, trim the toenails on a hamster, uh, we've just received uh, expert advice, both hamsters and gerbils, how to trim the toenails. Uh, one kid called in. He says he lines the cage of his gerbil. Is it a gerbil? Hamster. He lines the cage of his hamster with sandpaper. He does. He just lays a lot of sandpaper down there on the ground. And then he sticks his finger into the cage and chases the hamster around for about three or four days. 
He says it wears down his toenails. He loses a lot of weight. He keeps his stomach flat and hard. And he says it works out real good. So you see, it is an educational moment you've just spent. And, uh, why, George, as I look out tonight into the great vast swirling void of time, over the eternal, constantly ever-changing cosmos of existence, and, uh, and, uh, all those other good things, um, I say to you, uh, you stick with the peanut butter. It's, it's real good. It, uh, it's tasty and sticks to your ribs. Uh, George, not many of the campaign speeches will, but peanut butter will. This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith and the News. This is the news in detail on the hour from the WOR Newsroom. Democratic presidential hopeful goes for the big total in convention delegates. Redistricting puts congressional members in a fight for their political lives. In Brooklyn, a longtime representative battles a younger man's challenge. It's all coming in now to WR News. Here are the reports on New York State primary. Even though the polls in New York City closed only an hour ago and statewide at 9 o'clock tonight, we already have the resolution of a number of congressional uh, primary battles here in New York City. Congressman William Ryan has won very easily from Bella Abzug in the race for that redistricted Manhattan 20th Congressional District in the city's most publicized primary battle. That, of course, as you're aware, is the Congressional District which runs from the lower reaches of Manhattan's west side, starting around 4th Street, to take in uh, Congresswoman Abzug's own house, I believe, all the way up to the Riverdale section of the Bronx. And it may well be one of the most ridiculous congressional districts in the United States, thanks to New York State's legislature. But nonetheless, that's what it is after the reapportionment. And uh, although we have about one-third of the totals in already, uh, Congressman Ryan is being uh, listed as the winner. 73 out of 260 election districts. Ryan, 7,536. Abzug, 3,827. Congressman Herman Badillo has won the Democratic nomination for the new 21st Congressional District, and he was a very easy winner over his opponent, Democratic New York State Assemblyman Manuel Ramos. Badillo, the first person of Puerto Rican descent, in the House of Representatives, elected to Congress in 1970. He was running almost three to one better than his opponent, Assemblyman Ramos, in that race. And Congressman Bertram Podell has defeated State Assemblyman Leonard Simon in the 13th Congressional District in Brooklyn for the Democratic nomination in what was easily one of the most bitter local congressional campaigns in many, many years. He, too, was running close to three to one better than his rival. There are a number of very other interesting races that are going on in the 16th Congressional District in Kings County in Brooklyn with 182 of 265 election districts, or uh, certainly better than half, Congressman Emanuel Seller, who has held that seat since 1922 when um, Warren Harding was president of the United States, is in the fight of his political life in a three-way race. It is... Congressman Seller trailing Elizabeth Holtzman by a handful of votes. 182 of 265 districts. Holtzman, 9,639. Seller, 9,448. And R.E. O'Donnell running a four-third with 2,945. That 16th Congressional District, of course, is the district where for many elections uh, it was just a sort of cup of coffee for Congressman Seller. Running against him was considered an exercise in total futility. But at this moment, he is trained.